0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Let's celebrate the scripture. Would you read it aloud together with me? I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh these are contrary to one another so you do not do the things that you wish but if you are led by the spirit you are not under ooh not under the law if you're led by the spirit this morning we're going to continue with this grace in practice series and exploring it, looking at it, because grace isn't just a concept, grace isn't just a doctrine. As a matter of fact, grace is bigger than even a person. Jesus is the face of grace. But it's bigger than that. It's the stuff that affects all of our life. And I certainly, you know, I don't worship a word, I worship God. But listen, God's grace is sufficient in all things, even at our weakest point. Paul, at one of his weakest points, the Holy Spirit comes to him, and he says, uh, and, and he's asking for the thorn in the flesh to be removed. What's the response from heaven? My grace is sufficient for you. Now, we can go, well, God's being mean and going to let him carry that thing, but I think God was doing something much bigger than that, and I'm sure you think that too. He was letting him know that grace is actually a way by which we live. Another way of explaining grace is walking or living in the spirit. Because when our spirits by grace have been made alive. So to say that we're walking by the spirit is simply to say, I'm walking in the unmerited favor of God. I'm walking in this, in him. In him I live Move, have my very being. And I tell you what, you know know that old Keith Green song that says, when your love broke through? That is so more true for me today than when I first heard it years ago and I thought he was just singing about salvation. And I tell you what, the past seven years has been like waking up from the longest dream. It's just been, now, now, I thought it was real before, But when grace, his unmerited favor, came into my life in a very practical way and led me into the revelation of who God is and who I am, game changer. Boom. uh, I got to talk with a dear old friend this morning. I just said, Well, everything's, we were talking about prayer, everything's different about my life now. You know, and I, I know I've read my favorite poem to you many, many times. It's called The Man Who Swallowed a Bird. Uh, it's David Niven, if you want to look it up on the. He's from Iowa, too. Imagine that. But one of the lines is in it after he swallows this bird, he says, I think sometimes my hands could live in the air, and my heart flutters with joy. And it almost feels as though I'm, I'm going, you know, somebody else would go, Hey, he's off his rocker, he's mad. I don't care anymore. Remember Bob May? Bob May sent me a wonderful, encouraging text this morning. So he said, Hey, I listened to your fervent and spirit teaching last week, and he said, And I had this image of you. Just uh, He said, You were in this sailboat, which I don't know if he remembers all my stuff, but, and he said, And uh, the lake, where's my other friends, fishing friends? The lake was just slightly choppy, but you were so content. And you were just sailing on. And he said, you just seem so happy and content. I went, bam. Just describe me. So I'm Lloyd, and well, I'm saved by grace. And you're welcome to come on the journey. So, one of the things we battle in our lives is temptation to not live in the spirit, but to walk in the flesh. And that's what Galatians Is talking about, we tend to uh, not really want to discuss this because it's an uncomfortable conversation in a public setting Um, because nobody wants to go, yeah, I was tempted with greed this week, you know, Uh, yeah, lust got a hold of me again, and we don't like, you know, it's not one of those clean and fun ones, but for grace in practice, it's really important So I would rather have us a little uncomfortable with the truth than very comfortable with not dealing with lies. Does that make sense? So here it is. Everybody gets tempted. Every Christian gets tempted. We're tempted. Uh, Paul wrote that, look, this this is a very common thing. Christ was tempted. Uh, We know of the one in the wilderness. We'll look at that. But he was tempted, it says, in what? All things of life. He had that same, he dealt with the same stuff that we deal with. Because temptation isn't just about the morality stuff. Temptation is to do whatever it takes to get ahead. Temptation is maybe to fudge on taxes, taxes. to park in a handicap spot when you know you ought not to. It's it's all it's from little things to big things. So I want to do one thing. I want to um, give you the definitions of temptation, and then I want to read something to you. So I don't know if we'll get all the way through this one this morning because it's a temptation is wide and far, isn't it? So, this is temptation. It means to entice to do wrong by the promise of pleasure or gain. To make a trial of, to be tested. It's kind of an obsolete one. We don't use that much anymore. Now we say we're being tested. Uh, And then uh, it's kind of like this. Temptation is also to try something presumptuously. That means like to provoke uh, fate, to tempt fate. Uh, You know, it's crossing Interstate 435 when there's, you know, 10-wheel trucks out there going across it. And you're going to try and beat it and run across. Well, that's, that's a temptation to do something very stupid. It also means this, just like that example, it means to risk the dangers of. Uh, we like to play with temptation. Uh, it's why some idiot would jump off the side of a mountain without a parachute and just some nylon under his arms and do that. Yeah, like, that's stupid. We like to, We uh, you know, many things are like about tempting fear. They're about tempting death, aren't they? They're about, I want to get real close to the line. It's always about getting close to the line. The final definition of temptation is to be induced to do something. Um, Not always pleasant. And I don't know of anybody. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think about how often I've tempted anymore, and I'm going to teach you about that. Um, But the temptation... For wrongdoing is something that's very common to us. So I want to read from Tulian and Shavidjan's, uh "It Is Finished." It's a it's a kind of like a Daily Helps, uh, uh, one of those that you can study. It's sort of like Jesus Calling, and uh, this was from yesterday. It says this: Temptation is a promise that doesn't deliver. When we give in to temptation, we are believing a lie. This may come as a surprise to you, but resisting temptation has more to do with belief than it does with behavior. Did you hear that? It has more to do with belief than it does with behavior. Every temptation to sin is at its root a temptation to disbelieve the gospel. When we are being tempted, we are being enticed to purchase something we think we need in order to escape the judgment of emptiness. What a sentence. On the surface, the bait might be lust, anger, greed, self-pity, defensiveness, entitlement, revenge, having to win, and so on. But the only reason we take the bait is because we think it will satisfy our deeper hunger for meaning, for freedom. Validation, respect, empowerment, affection, a sense of identity, that's a key one, of self-worth, all those things. John Calvin rightly said this, Christians are in perpetual conflict with their own unbelief. What a statement. So here's the connection between sinning, the fruit of the problem, and unbelief the root of the problem. Our failure to lay aside the sin that so easily entangles is a direct result of our refusal to believe in the rich resources already provided in Christ, in our true identity. We sin basically when we're dissatisfied with the all-satisfying Christ. Paul. Excuse me, failing to believe the gospel leads to slavery because now finding peace, joy, meaning, and satisfaction is up to us to decide. We're on our own. We give in to temptation because we're desperately looking under every rock and behind every tree for something to make us happy something to save us, something to set us free, something, if you will, to make us feel really good about ourselves. The Gospel declares that I don't need to save myself, defend myself, legitimize myself, justify myself, or free myself. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. The gospel frees me from the obsessive pressure to avoid the judgment of joylessness, the enslaving demand to find happiness. What I need and long for most has come from outside of me in the person of Jesus. Real freedom in the hour of temptation happens only when the resources of the gospel smash any sense of need to secure for myself anything beyond what Christ has already secured for me. Stunning, isn't it? I want to go, I just want to pace that, you know. Get it connected to me. Take it, take it in. Of all the things that I know about temptation... And the things that I've learned, because I I used to have a whole strategic uh, spiritual warfare plan for my life on how to both defend myself and attack and counterattack and deflay and get the right armor on and do these right steps. And if I did it this way, then when it came up, I would have just enough juice to go, oh, turn the light switch off. I made it. Avoided that one. But 20 seconds later, there comes another one. And the switch goes back. And this is what I found. It really isn't about my behavior. It really isn't. That's really about the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is where my behavior is centered. But there is a fruit that is much more delicious and that comes from the tree of life. And the one that I eat from, just like in the garden that happened with Adam and Eve, when I eat from the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, then I have to make a decision whether I'm being good or evil. When I do that, then I have to use the law to combat that. But see, grace invites us into a bigger place. If you can receive this, it's about your identity. When I combat it from a true identity and eat from the tree of life, I'm no longer pulled into legalism and deciding today whether I'm going to make this choice. Lloyd is going to be good Lloyd today. Or, we're yeah, gonna doggone it, I know I'm in grace, so I'll get away with this. Now I'm going to be bad Lloyd. Oh, it felt so good. No, it doesn't. The minute you do it, you feel sick inside because it's not the spirit. It's You're battling it in the flesh, and so even if you overcome it, what's the result? Flesh. doesn't taste good because then you've got to go, well, I did pretty good today. Now you're going to move towards self-reliance to attack temptation, which is trying to get at you, and it doesn't work. It's really about what you believe. About who you believe in. And it's really, really important. For Adam and Eve, when the tempter came, the the temptation wasn't about eating something, the temptation was about the person that they were related to. Has God really said? He's attacking God's identity. Oh, don't you know that he doesn't want you to do it? Because in the day that you eat thereof, you shall be like. They were like him. They were made in his image. They already owned that. But when they ate it, now they suddenly have to take care of themselves by good and evil choices, not their identity choices. Same thing happens today. We have to keep, when we try to battle it in that manner, it's so self-defeating, because even if you win, you're still doing it out of your own willpower. Let me know how that works for you. Oh, mine could do pretty good. I'd keep the track of the days. Didn't sin today. Didn't sin the next day. Didn't send the next day. And oops, there came Friday. Oh, well, let's start the count all over again. Didn't send today. And I even had scriptures to support living that way. He who practices righteousness is righteous. So when you practice, that means it's just like playing a ball game and you shoot free throws. And even if you miss 45 out of 100, you're still practicing, so it counts. That's a doctrine of nonsense. That's a doctrine that doesn't understand the life that's in the Scriptures, that in him we live and move and have our being. that in him I am now in Christ and I am the righteousness of God on the earth. Oh no. And I started looking at it that way. It's the game changer. So that temptation goes a long way back. Long way back. The real issue around temptation is not as much about how bad you can be getting to do something that is really wrong. Isn't that kind of silly when it goes through your head? About having something you're not supposed to have. Do you know, actually, in grace, Paul said this. This is what non-grace people don't like, and what grace people are scared to death of. Paul said, all things are lawful for me. There's not one thing illegal to me. Nothing. But not everything's good for me to do, so why would I do it? It's not expedient. It doesn't build me up. It's pointless. It doesn't. It doesn't fit my being. So why would I do that? See, he's using his identity. actually look at the things that are trying to get you but as far as it being illegal don't touch don't do this don't do that you know every time you put up a sign that says don't throw rocks everybody wants to go over that pile of rocks and we want to pick it up and throw it the law incites temptation really does Temptation above all things being about your identity is this. God's identity and your identity. And really what it's trying to do is separate you in your identity from God. You following me? See, God says this, when you receive Jesus, he actually came into your being. You know, it's kind of sad that we, and we've talked about that here before, but that we teach salvation is come and give your life to the Lord. That is not salvation. It's one of the biggest lies told in church. Salvation is God plants his life inside of the human being. The human being says, yes, come live in me. <laughs> That's salvation. And it's in that very being that we get every sustenance of life, everything that we're designed. It's brought right back into our very beings. It's a complete and total, from the moment it happens, I'm telling you, it's a total restoration. Again, I was telling my friend this morning, I'm as righteous as I'll ever be. It's set in heaven. It's, it's an anchor. It's a, it's a big peg that God did by the cross, and he nailed it into heaven. He said, boom, this will never change. You won't be more holy on the day you stand before him in heaven than you are right now. Unchangeable. So why would I want to live any other way? Isn't that the temptation? To not live who you truly are. Now that's what the enemy actually tempted Jesus with. Let me read Matthew 4 to you. Because um, it's very similar to the pattern that's found in the temptation in the Garden of Eden that you can find in Genesis 3. So Jesus, uh, it's interesting, it's actually in one version it says, was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit. I like that version. Do you give God free reign in your life? Say, drive me, oh God. Lead me, drive me. And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. It should say very. Now now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. Command these stones to become bread. The temptation was not over hunger. The temptation was if you are His identity. If you are the Son of God. But He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Him up into the holy city, set Him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to Him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God, because God cannot be tempted by evil. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you, they didn't belong to him. Adam didn't sell that away. That's a lie even from him. If if you will fall down and worship me, and Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. In him only you shall serve. Actually, he's quoting Deuteronomy where it says you shall fear the Lord your God. Isn't it an interest that Jesus, full of grace, translated fear to love and worship? You shall worship the Lord your God. Want true fear in your life? Worship God. Then the devil left him. Behold, angels came and ministered to him. All of those temptations, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life had to do with Christ's identity. All of them. First John 2 speaks of them. But you see, it's not about choosing to be good or bad. It's about choosing to be who you really are. Now, I don't know about you, but I have no doubt that Jesus knew who he was. He knew it when he was 12 years old. When he's debating scripture in the temple, and mom and dad go, What are you doing? Here's the identity. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Oh, he knew. Wouldn't it have been strange to be growing up and being eighteen, walking around the streets? Dude, I'm the son of God. <laughs> now he probably didn't say it haughty like that, like Lloyd does. But it's some of my weird things. But human knowing. See, he was absolutely now. Here's where faith comes in. He was absolutely convinced and knew who he was. Are you? We're working on it. But that's why we yield to temptation. Because it says he was able to resist without sin. See, temptation isn't sin. Succumbing to the temptation was sin. I have the feeling, we get to see that little episode... I bet you every step, every day, every morning, every message he preached, every healing he had, the tempter would come and say, Yeah, but what about this? Just just tell your disciples this one. Just fudge a little bit on the story, just enhance it a little bit. It'll make you feel good about yourself. No, can't do that. I'm the Son of God. I refuse to be anything less than I am. Stunning, isn't it? So, this is what I've been learning about temptation it really is about being who I am. Temptation is designed to get me to question God and myself, my true self, and to find pleasure and life outside of that true self. It tries to tell me I can have something that will make me happy but this is, I'm giddy happy when I'm walking in the spirit and my true identity. That's when I'm truly at rest, peace, happy, joyful and I'm not trying to get myself to be that way. I just am. You will live your life out of two central core truths. Who you believe God is and who you believe you are. It will determine how you live. It will even determine how you approach temptation. Temptation is available and around us 24-7 now. You carry it in your pocket right now. Hopefully you put the buzz thing on instead of the regular ringer. That thing will tempt you to live out of everything except your spirit, even if you have a Bible app. But grace, much more powerful than an iPhone 7, and even the new and improved iPhone 8. Grace, the gospel, does three things for us. It always returns us to who we are. Grace always reminds us of who we are, and it always empowers us to be who we are. The law cannot do that. The law will tell you who you aren't. It will tell you you don't measure up. You're not good enough. It won't work. Sorry, Bunky, you failed the test again. wrong answer well if I would just stop doing that well yeah okay stop it works for a while does I've used it sometimes it's not even a bad employment but I tell you what it does not do the same thing as when temptation comes and I start telling the temptation you know I'm son of the most high God I'm Lloyd and Christ lives in me. I'm of royal birth and royal lineage. I sing old songs like hold your head up. That's beneath me. Why would I live in pig slop? What? It won't set. Sa- I already know. I tried it. <laughs> it didn't work, did it? Did that really make you feel better? No, immediately you feel awful and condemned inside of you because it's the law that's working. It's, the law always has to lead to one thing. There's only one verdict for the law. And the sentence is death. Only has one fruit. It's the law of sin and death Romans 8 that's why Romans 8 1 has to come before Romans 8 2 there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the so it's not even a battle in him I live and move and have my being when the tempter comes I tell him my identity Um, hey you remember what Jesus did in the wilderness with you yeah ditto that's me shine on you crazy diamond here I am try it you guys listen if you haven't tried this yet I've been working on this for seven years. It works. I'm telling you, it works. When I started believing deep in my soul that I was the righteousness of God, that there was nothing that could ever take it away, and that that was my declaration that I would live by. Now, here, this is so scary to do publicly. The temptation to sin. got going. Because then I wasn't coming to a sinner saved as grace, coming to get a little help again today because I blew it yesterday, damn it. And instead, I do Romans 12. Here I am, Lord. This morning I present myself to you, holy and blameless, a living sacrifice. To have my thinking transformed and have my mind renewed that I'm in you and you are in me. And I am the goodness of you on this earth today. I used to struggle with the commercials on TV. I mean, it's everything from, I don't know, Victoria's Secrets to the the bad movie, you know, that they're advertising. It's like, no, I have enough bad dreams. I don't need to look at a demon. Get it off the... You know, and it, you know what? I don't hardly watch TV anymore. Not much I want to see. Uh, not because I was battling TV. Because I was living in my true identity. And that stuff's really boring. You know, and those sitcoms, I don't know what's funny about two people struggling with sexual identity that is not a situational comedy that I could see I Love Lucy ever doing. <laughs> that's not funny. They're poking fun at it because they can't get away from it. They need their identity changed. When you get your identity changed, you don't even want to watch that stuff. She goes, oh, you know, I would, I, you know, I don't know, Brenda watches this comedy from Britain that's, uh, it's pretty funny actually (laughs) you know but it's I said to her Sunday night I said that's like I love Lucy only it's from Britain only the character's a little different but and there's nothing like even if they poke fun at human stuff it's not weird and it's not perverse beloved your identity is not a perverse identity your identity is clean in Christ when you start proclaiming That over your life, temptation starts getting further and further and further away. I'm not saying you won't ever be tempted. Lloyd, aren't you ever tempted? Boy, this is going to sound really bold. Not that much anymore. My temptations mostly are to feel sorry for myself. You know, going, well, dang, I wish I was 40 again. I would really like to be 40 again and know what I know now. I wouldn't want to be 20. Sorry, all you young people. That, oh. Don't believe that snowflake stuff, though. You can do all three things through Christ who strengthens you. Listen. Grace, if you start calling on the commodity of your identity and grace it will restore, it will return you to who you really are. Listen to this. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, whenever you hear Spirit of God, think of your co-union with Christ, your true identity. It's grace. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by who we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness that with our spirits that we are, not what we do, we are the children of God. And children of God behave a certain way. They behave just like children of God. And if you ever stray from your parents when you're a child, Just be about your Father's business. Grace reminds us of who we are over and over. It it, hits the replay button on my memory. It says this to me (laughs) For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How many of us? How? By faith. For as many as you of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. You can't say, yeah, I got baptized, but it didn't count. Oh, no, 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 no. God's much more powerful than that. Any of you wondering about family members? If they confessed it, God took them up on their confession. It was a faith confession. And he won't let go. Oh, no, not ever. He doesn't let go. Matter of fact, I believe what John Mark McMillan says. He just keeps coming on. There's neither slave nor free. it's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you're of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise of God. Jesus Was prophesied through Abraham. He is your inheritance. It also empowers us. There is no greater power that you have available to you outside of your identity. You cannot gain it by trying to choose to be good. The minute you try to be good over being bad, you're eating from the tree, uh, from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Go to the tree that you can eat as much as you want. Go to the tree of life. It's right there. It's a try this. Very practical, grace and practice. Try this throughout this week. If temptation comes... Listen, especially this. Fear is one of the biggest temptations I know. We all think fear is a monster that's somehow hooked to the enemy. Fear is a temptation to unbelief. Fear is a temptation that moves us to disbelief in God. So when fear starts to creep up, what if... My mom was such a worrywart. Let's try to tell you stories about growing up with fear and understanding fear. (gasps) What will the neighbors think? Mom, we're the poorest people in Janesville, Iowa, which is probably the poorest town in Iowa, which is probably the poorest state in the United States, and we got nothing but cows and corn. And you're worried about what the neighbors think? Who gives a rip? Dance outside with your clothes off. That'll really scare them. We live by the railroad tracks, for God's sakes. You know, 10 o'clock every night, the whole house shook, you know, windows rattled. Yeah, we're making it big. Wonder what the neighbors will think. Isn't it silly what we do with fears? Listen, you can pass that fear on to your kids. Don't pass on their true identity in Christ and let them grow up really believing who they are and who God is. Don't pass on those fears. That's not our inheritance in who we are. Does this make sense? Try it this week. When the temptation comes, this is my appeal to you this morning. I know I'm going a little long, but try it. Oh my gosh, try declaring your true identity. There's something that breaks it immediately. In the in the power of the temptation. Now, You know, I'm making light of it because it's an awkward subject. But really, like when the... Uh, We got all the little kids in here. When that kind of temptation comes, listen, stand and declare your righteous being in God and see how much grip it still has. Men, when the mouse is a temptation, start declaring openly. Let Let your ears hear it. Start declaring openly. Wait a minute. I'm the child of the Most High God. I am salvation's proof that God lives. In him I live and move and have my being. There is no life in this. There's nothing but death, and I choose life. I choose the spirit. And if, you're, if, if you have the gift of tongues and you're spirit-filled, man, throw some tongues in there. It's, listen, you start praying out loud in tongues, it's really hard to give in to temptation. It's really true, because it's your true language. It's your true language. It's the language of the Spirit. It's your real language. You start saying, oh, just see what happens. Try it. Don't just look at me, you all looking at me really funny now. Try it. <laughs> I found a new and different way of living. Am I righteous all the time, 100%? No, I'm saved all the time, 100%. Do you ever give in to temptation? Yes. And then I feel the same stupid identity shift that I've been talking about. How do you get through that? I reclaim who I am. And I tell it, Mm -mm. you no longer have authority here. My name is Lloyd. I belong completely to Christ. Christ dwells in me. I'm wonderfully made. I'm one of the most excellent beings that walks on the planet Earth. That sounds haughty. Well, if you are a Christian, then command these... Stand with me. Grace in practice. Try it. Very practical outgrowings of grace. Well, Dan and and Raquel, I went long again today. Let's do this again. We've been to closing this way. Let's do the doxology again. Mostly because I like to hear you guys sing it. So.